In this episode, I'm going to show you 15 things that you will not regret doing to grow your affiliate marketing passive income blog to six figures and beyond. But be sure to take notes, break out a pen and paper if you need, because a couple of the ones on this list, especially number three, is going to grow your blog income and or site evaluation while working less, I mean, as in working less on the site, not working on, on it more. So let's go ahead and talk about it. What is up? My name is Chris and welcome to episode 85 of the Blogger Evolution. If this is your first time here, we talk about building passive income streams that work for you so you don't have to. So if you want help to build these streams, consider subscribing on your favorite podcast listener. Also, before we get started, be sure to go check out oneblogaway.co. That's oneblogaway.co. Do you want to build your blog up to $100,000 valuation or have it making you $100,000 per year? Well, there is a predictable path that you need to follow that pretty much every blogger goes through who actually gets to the point to where their site is worth at least $100,000. If you want to know what that path is, I definitely recommend that you come join our community where I have a success path. We're calling it the six-figure blogging success path. And it's only available over at oneblogaway.co. That's oneblogaway.co. If you want some real help, to grow your blog to the point to where it can replace your income, you got to go check it out. Oneblogaway.co. I'll see you on the inside. All right, so let's talk about these 15 things that you can do to that you will not regret to grow your blog. Number 15 on our list, listening to success stories and hanging with like-minded people. Can I tell you how crucial this one happens to be because you need to be around like-minded people. I needed to be around like-minded people. When I first got started blogging on my own, it was tough because no one really understands what we're going through. Uh, no one understands why we're in front of our computers all the time doing keyword research, right? And doing niche research and writing blog posts and all these things. People don't understand. They're like, you make money, how? You know, wait, wait, what is it that, that you do? The reason why that's the case is because entrepreneurship on its surface is already kind of bucking against the trend, right? Everyone says you got to get a job. You got to go to college. You got to get a good job. You got to do this. You got to do that. But when we are building something for ourselves, no one really understands what we're doing. Unless we start to have some success with it, then they start asking, okay, instead of thinking, why are you wasting your time with that little rinky-dinky sites till, okay, how can I do that too? But that only happens if you can stick with it. Trying to do this on your own is tough, which is actually a big reason why I created OneBlogAway.co, to bring a community of people together, like-minded people who want to grow their blogs and niche sites to the point to where it replaces their income. So listening to success stories and hanging out with like-minded people is going to be crucial to your success with blogging. Number 14 is building an email list. Now, I recommend building an email list sooner rather than later, but there is a path that you want to follow because you don't want to get distracted. But building an email list is the ultimate insulation for a business because you're going to always have a warm audience that you can check in on, a warm audience of people who know already know who you are. And because of that, you will be able to make uh, different types of pitches to them, send them uh, uh, valuable information to when you're creating content online. It's pretty much instant traffic to anywhere that you would like to send. But you need to go through 
the hardship really of building an email list. Now, I'll give you a quick way to build an email list. Number one, you need to come up with what's called a lead magnet. Now, this has to be better than just join my list or join my newsletter. I want you to think of it this way. How many people have waken up in the morning and thought, you know what? I want more email. That's that's not how it goes. You have to give people a reason to join your email list and you do so by creating a lead magnet. So look at your niche. Look at what people are interested in. What could they really find useful? In fact, find something that you would normally sell to somebody, but give it to them for free as an ethical bribe to get their email list. So number 14, be sure to start building an email list. Number 13, forget about Amazon. Yes, I said it. Forget about Amazon. The commissions there are just terrible. They, they, they are. Now, they do an excellent job at converting. And that's something that you really can't ignore. They do, as a catch-all, Amazon is great. If you can't find a good affiliate elsewhere, I just all those fails, send them to Amazon. Because they buy anything within 24 hours of them clicking on your affiliate link and getting to the, the website, anything that they buy, even if they have a big screen TV in their cart and they check out because you sent them there, you're going to get the commission for it, which is pretty awesome. Don't get me wrong. However, you're, gosh, and I mean, I'm just thinking about it, right? I do a lot of work to send somebody to anything, not let alone Amazon. You have to build the website. You got to build the blog post. You got to insert the link. You have to apply for the affiliate program. You got to find something that worked for your audience and then promote it to them. And I do all of that to get a 2% commission from Amazon. It's just not worth it. In a lot of instances, it's not worth it at all. So instead of forgetting about Amazon, what should you do? Go out and find some personal affiliate networks or programs to work with. I'm talking working directly with manufacturers. I'm talking going out there, getting from behind our comfort zone of the laptop and sending a couple of emails, even recommending, hey, would you mind jumping on a call? Would you mind jumping on a Zoom call with a business that you would like to be uh, an affiliate of? Remember, affiliate marketing works for everybody. The person who's doing the searching gets a product that solves their problem. The manufacturer gets to sell a product so that they can continue selling more products. And then you, kind of as the middleman, as the affiliate, you get a commission just for marrying the people who need it with the people who want to sell it. That's all you need to do. It does take a little bit of, I would say, maybe copywriting experience, but it's not crazy. You really just need to be passionate about it. Um, you don't need to be a great salesman in order to be great at affiliate marketing. You just need to be a little bit more helpful than the next person. So be more helpful, find products that you actually do like and enjoy and start promoting those on your site. Forget about Amazon. Amazon should be f a far second place while everything else that you go for is more affiliate heavy. All right, number 12, learning how to create a good offer. Now, this one goes a lot along with number 13 about forgetting with Amazon. Because since you're going to be essentially giving up as great as Amazon is at selling additional products, you're going to have to kind of make up for that in your blog post by learning how to create good offers. The best way to do this is, number one, you need to read a book, okay? One of my favorite books in learning on how to create a good offer is $100 million offers by Alex Hermosi. Be sure to check that out. I'll be sure to put a link down in the description if you want to check it out. But uh, even if you don't like reading, listen to the audiobook. That's all I do. Audible is amazing. 
All right. But you want to learn how to create a good offer. The one thing I like about that book in particular, the way Alex listed the the whole name of the book is 100 million dollar offers. And I think it's like something to the effect of making offers so good people feel stupid saying no. And that's essentially what you want to go for. Once you learn the principles of what makes a good offer, as in you have someone who lands on your site and you make an offer for them to click here and go buy something, you can include elements of a good offer in your blog post itself just so that you can encourage people to click and make a purchase over at the affiliate network. The one issue that a lot of times we have is that we will send traffic to affiliates and they don't convert, as in they're not making any purchases. So the problem is, is it the affiliate program that you have affiliated with that just doesn't know how to convert people? Or could you do a better job at warming people up before you send them over there? And that's really the idea. And creating a good offer is going to help you with that. Create urgency, create scarcity, create bonuses, something that's going to be unique to only you. That way, that will encourage people to click. And by the time they get to the sales page on that affiliate, they're pretty warmed up enough to where they're going to purchase no matter what happens when they get there. But you got to warm them up before they get there. Okay, number 11 on our list, using AI the right way. All right, using artificial intelligence to create our content the right way. The wrong way is just pressing a button and letting it happen and just letting it create the content and then we posting it as such. Now, I get it. If you're listening to any YouTube channels, if you're listening to any other podcasts, there's probably a lot of people out there saying how much success they're having by just having AI write the content for them. But I would tell you right here, right now, that's not sustainable. It's not. Now, I'm not saying that AI won't get to the point to where it will be able to create good content like that. But as of right now, it's not there. So how do we go around this? We need to infuse the human element in order to make our AI content look good and read well. I almost said read good. I don't think that's the right way to say it, but read well, right? And because of that, we need to add that human element. And the good good thing about that for us marketers, especially us uh, bloggers and niche site owners, is that as we create this AI content, it's going to save us money, lots of money than it will when it comes to creating our content just by hiring another writer. And the big reason for that is because if it might cost me 40 or 50 bucks to get a writer to write a nice little informational article, I can probably get AI to do it for around 20 bucks. And that's even if I have a, uh, a human come in and edit the content afterwards. So if we can cut our content costs by more than 50% or about 50%, that's great. Especially for us, because now our profit margins are going to be so much higher. So with our profit margins being already huge in the blogging space, we're talking 80 to 90% profit margins with blogging, it's going to be even more now because we can create the content cheaper. But the only caveat here is that we create the content with these AI tools and you got to have a human, an actual person go up there and uh, verify and make sure it's good. It's accurate. It has um, great information. It reads well. And, you know, people are going to get some value out of it. I don't think AI is going to completely take over all of our jobs. It, it, It won't. But will one person who knows how to use AI correctly replace a lot of jobs? I think so. 
I really think so. So that's number 11. Number 10, focusing on affiliate marketing rather than display ads. Now, we know over the last few years, it's been a huge, huge uh, up uplift, I guess you could say, in people creating content where they just go after display ads. And I'm going to be honest, I think it's still a profitable business model even today. However, there's a lot that you have to, that's just kind of left up to chance when it comes to display ads. You're depending on companies spending money on ads to show to people who land on your site. And when things are happening, like things are happening in the world now, newsflash, there's going to always be things happening in the world now. Things that are affecting ad spend by these companies. And as a result, our informational sites are just going to kind of sit there waiting in the water and we're just going to wait for companies to start spending more money again. But there's a way around that. And that's kind of taking the onus into your own hands and going after more affiliate marketing content. Now, I know Google has released a lot of updates here or there that seems like they are targeting affiliates. But the idea is they're targeting bad affiliates. They're targeting people who just want to get you to their website to click and go onto the affiliate offer, which ironically is, you know, the best definition for an affiliate page, right? You want people to land on it, click it, and go to the offer. But we have to add more. We have to add more value, more information, more unique experience. Think about eat, which is, or is it eat, you know, the E-E-A-T. That first one is experience. They want to know what kind of experience you have in order to uh, uh, smartly talk about this information. Any type of eat that you can provide on your website is going to be helpful in letting Google know that this isn't just a random AI just creating content. This is an actual person. It's going to insulate your business as well because learning how to uh, uh, be very effective with affiliate marketing is going to give you income even when the, co the big corporations are not spending money on ads. So that's number 10. Number nine, focusing on content. I'm sorry, not outsourcing content creation. Outsourcing content creation. Now, we want to spend less time working on the doldrums of the day-to-day. Blogging is tough. It is. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It does take a bit of effort, especially if you've never done it before. Now, once you have done it, it actually becomes easier and easier the more that you do it. But one thing that I wish I had started doing earlier, if there was any regret that I had when it comes to creating content for my blog was not outsourcing the content creation sooner. Now, I'm not saying I'm, I outsource every single article, but if it's an easy article that really only requires someone to do a little bit of research and then spit out a legible article, then I'm paying someone else to do it. Especially if I can get someone to do it for around four cents a word, which for a, a thousand to fifteen hundred word post is going to be anywhere from 40 to 60 bucks per article. At that point, it just becomes an investment game. I just need to make sure that I can make 40 to 60 dollars on that article within, you know, however long I want to float the money. Let's just say a year. That means the second that that article has generated more than 40 bucks, more than 60 bucks. I'm already in the profit for as long as that article does well. Remember, the articles on our sites are the real assets of our blogs. So we need to invest in it and save, save ourselves time. If I could spend 40 or 50 bucks and have someone write an article for me, that means I can sit down and do something else. 
Now, I know your mind might immediately go to what's that something else. Yeah, maybe focusing on more higher level, you know, inquiries for the business. But I could also go on vacation. I could also spend time with the family. We can go for a walk. We can just sleep. You know, we can chill. We can do whatever we want because we're outsourcing someone else to do it. So we're paying to get our time back. And that's what outsourcing content creation is going to do. It's going to help you save time. It's going to take the pressure off because content is going to be coming in regardless of you writing it or not. And it's just helpful to do. So make sure, be sure to outsource content creation. You won't regret that. Number eight, using SEO optimizers. Now, you can go out there and you can write an article and you can post it on Google and you will do just fine. But creating content that Google can easily read is going to go a long way in making sure that your content ranks. At the end of the day, Google is a computer. It, it is. It will always be unless it becomes sentient, but hey, who knows? But regardless, that's all it is. And even to this day, there is just specific words and phrases and, and everything that Google's looking for to attain whether or not this article is relevant to someone who's looking for it. And the best way to optimize our content is to use SEO optimizers. Now, I'm going to break someone's heart out here because I get this question a lot, and I mean a lot. Uh, one of the SEO plugins that I definitely recommend people use is called Rank Math. There's a free version. There's a pro version. You can usually get away with just using the free version. But the question a lot of times people say is, I can't get my number any higher because it says my keyword density is yada, yada, yada. Okay. Ignore Rank Math. As good as Rank Math is, they do a lot of different things. But for whatever reason, that little SEO score, it's just not great. It's not. So I normally like to use uh, companies that independently work on just SEO optimi optimization. My favorite is Phrase, phrase.io. I'll be sure to leave a link down in the description for it as well. Um, it is an affiliate link, so I will say that. If you do use it, I will get a kickback from that. And uh, just like Diggity says, I'll make sure to use it on something completely irrelevant. <laughs> but regardless, you know, uh, Phrase.io is probably one of my favorites. But Surfer SEO is another great one. Even Neuron Writer. I know a lot of people jumped into that after uh, they were on AppSumo. I mean, if you can get a lifetime deal for one of these places, go for it because it's going to save you literally thousands of dollars in the long run. But SEO optimizers are going to help you put the right content in the right spaces, the right keywords in the right places of your article so that your articles can rank better. At the end of the day, one thing that I do enjoy about SEO optimizers like a phrase, like a surfer, like a market muse, is the fact that when an article is not ranking, I can look at it and say, well, I, at least I know it's not the content because I know it's optimized well, which means it might be authority or it might be search intent or it might be, you know, something like that. It could be something else, but I can normally eliminate the content as being the problem. But I only get that when I know that I've run it through an SEO optimizer. So be sure to use an SEO optimizer. Number seven, building a brand rather than a niche site. Building a brand rather than building a niche site. Now, this is not the days where you can where you can um, write an article. I'm sorry, start a blog and call it, you know, bestluxurywatches.com. That actually would probably still do okay today, but it's not building a brand, right? You want to build a brand, something that you can buy and sell, because building a brand 
it's going to help you uh, have that website become an entity. When it's an entity itself, entities can be bought and sold, which means it's going to be easier for you to sell your site down the line. It also gives you uh, uh, longevity, and it also gives you breadth, because now you can talk about many other different types of topics rather than just being pigeonholed into the best luxury watches. If you have a nice, broad, general um, but general yet specific. I know that sounds a little counterintuitive, but uh, instead of saying, you know, bestluxurywatches.com, go with uh, thewatchguy.com or something like that, right? Go with something that's nice and general. That way you can talk about other things and expand your website as it grows. This is even another factor when it comes to selling your site because you can pitch to the buyer that, hey, there's a whole list of keywords that I haven't even had time to go after that you can to continue growing the site. So build a brand rather than just building a niche site. Number six, keeping a profit and loss sheet. This one kind of blows my mind, but a lot of people do not keep a profit and loss sheet. So just to be clear as to what a profit and loss sheet is, you're just keeping track of your expenses and how much money the site makes. That's it. It's so, it's so crucial and important to know where your website is pretty much at all times. Otherwise, you're just doing this as a hobby. You know, you're not doing this as a real business. You need to treat this as a business and keeping a profit and loss sheet will go a long way. In fact, I have a profit and loss sheet that you can check out. It's over in, you guessed it, oneblockaway.co. Uh, be sure to go check it out if you would like to um, get a profit and loss sheet that I use. It's actually the same one that I use on, on most of my sites. Actually, all of them. Yeah, on all of my sites. So make sure to keep a profit and loss sheet. That way, you know how much you're investing. You'll know when to call it quits on investing on a site. There's been a few times where I'm keeping track of this and then I've met my budget for what I wanted to spend on the site. And then I got to pull back rather than just pouring more money in it bl uh, blindly. I would just look at it and say, OK, I've, I've kind of met my budget. Let me just kind of reset things and I'm maybe just let the site sit. But I would never know that if I wasn't keeping track. So you got to keep a profit and loss sheet. Number five, building your blog as if you will sell it. Now, we briefly talked about this um, a few minutes ago. But when you are building your website, when you're building your affiliate marketing blog, passive income blog, whatever you want to call it, you need to build it in such a way to that you are uh, you will be able to literally hand the keys over to somebody else relatively easily. And, be, and have them take the keys to the car and run with it. There's a huge, there's a few reasons for this, but the primary reason that I enjoy building a blog as if I will sell it, even if I don't plan on selling it, is because it makes it easier to outsource stuff. It makes it easier to find someone else to move in and do the work for you. It makes it easier to sell because instead of having these weird processes that only you know in your brain, they're written down somewhere in an SOP or a standard operating procedure, SOP. I do that all the time. Now, I guarantee, I know people don't wake up in the morning thinking, man, I want to write my SOPs for my business. Yeah, I, I get it. But they're going to help you as well, especially when you might feel overwhelmed with other things you might be doing in life. So if I have a process that I'm going to follow and I know I'm going to follow it maybe on a monthly basis or a quarterly basis, I'm going to break out my notes and create an SOP for it so that I can go back and refer to it and know exactly what needs to be done. That way someone can jump in and maybe you need to outsource a particular portion of your business. 
You can hire someone, a VA, someone to come in. You just hand them over to SOPs. It cuts down so much on the time that it takes to uh, train people and you get more work done and less time spent on you or by you in the business. Number four, creating blog post templates. Now, this is kind of similar to creating an SOP for a blog, but it's the same thing in terms of creating individual templates for the types of articles you will be creating for your blog. I will say there's like 20 or 30 different types of articles that you can write on a blog. But for me, I usually have maybe four types of articles that are going to dominate that entire website. We're talking buyer's guides, list posts, what I call quick hitter blog posts, where um, they're just responding to a common question. Uh, You know, those types of blog posts. But if you create a template, as in a template you can create and save on your website, it makes it so much easier to come in and then just kind of plug in the different aspects so that you can write blog posts faster. This takes another aspect of the guessing game out of just sitting there on a blank screen with the cursor blinking. If you have a template, you at least have a direction that you can follow and then start plugging things in. Instead of looking at sitting down and thinking, man, I got to come up with a 1500 word post and I don't even know where to start. If you have a blog post template, you can break that up into, you know, four or five 200 word mini posts right? Makes it so much easier to write. And number three, this is the one I was teasing earlier that I tell you, this can literally change everything for your blog literally overnight. And that is taking money off the table by selling a blog. A lot of what we talked about earlier in a lot of these tips have kind of built up to this moment, taking money off the table by selling your blog. Now, if you've ever done any type of investing, Maybe it's in index funds or the stock market or whatever, or another business or something. The money is made when you get out of it, not while you're stuck in it. It goes a long way. But, you know, years ago, um, actually not that many years ago, probably 2020, I had bought a lot of Tesla stock and Tesla like blew up in 2020. And I was like, you know, sitting pretty. It's like, this is great. This is amazing. Whatever. But the issue was that uh, the money was what's called unrealized, right? I didn't have that money to spend. It was still tied up in the stock. So in order for me to be able to have the money, I had to sell some of it, right? So I didn't sell it all, but I sold the portion in which I uh, uh, invested. So uh, because I was able to take that money out, now the money that was still in the stock was just the the money that was uh, earned from from the stock growing. But the big idea there was that I was able to get the money back, taking the money off of the table so I can use it elsewhere. It's the same thing with a blog. It's great to have a blog that's making $2,000 a month. But you know what would be better? If you sold that same blog for sixty or $70,000. There's so many reasons why you would want to sell a blog. You Maybe you need to uh, put a down payment on a car or a house or something like that, right? Maybe you need to buy a house. You know, it really just depends on uh, how much... Uh, money your site is generating per month. But regardless, instead of having the money just sitting there on a somewhat volatile Google, right? As, as consistent and great as Google is, it can be volatile at times. So it might be better to when you actually have, you know, uh, something in your hand, something that's kind of tangible, that it's best to sell it and move on and repeat the process.
that's what I like to do, at least. Number two on our list is to become a student of search engine optimization. Become a student of SEO. Now, this is a big one because when you work a nine to five job, you know that job inside and out because you're doing it all the time. But if you want to become an SEO, I don't want to say an expert, but you want to know a lot about SEO where you can sit down and you can grow a blog just by creating you know, content on it by using SEO, you need to become a student of it. So buy courses, buy trainings, uh, listen to podcasts, see what other people are doing. Stay up to date with the latest things, just like you're staying up to date with the latest stuff going on with your business or with your, uh, with your job. So become a student of SEO. Get good at it, right? Do it so well you can be, you can learn how to do it so well that other people are willing to give you money to share their information about it. And you're going to always have the blog that you're growing as being uh, proof that you know what you're doing. So become a student of SEO. And number one, and this is probably one of the biggest ones on this list, learn effective use of aged domains. Learn effective use of aged domains. Learn how to look at a domain and put it through a nice thorough vetting process so that you know that if you were to acquire it and use your SEO knowledge, you could turn around and build that site in literally half the time or a quarter of the time, depending on the niche, that it would normally take you to build off a fresh domain. There is so many things that I've done in the past and learning how to build on age domains has completely transformed my business. Now it does take a little income and investment and know-how to get age domains up and running. So to help with that within, you guessed it, blog, uh, oneblogaway.co, I do have a free course that I'm throwing in just for joining the community and it's called Skipping the Sandbox, Age Domain Sites and Domains. Be sure to go check it out. It comes with just joining, which is really pretty awesome, which means you get a whole course for just the price of the membership, right? But regardless, you get that with it as well. And it's going to go into everything that you need to know about growing an H domain, about skipping the sandbox. Now, I'm not saying you never are going to build a site on a fresh domain again. And when I say fresh domain, I mean one that you just go hand register a good name you came up with and then buying it there. Uh, fresh domains still work, plus you get a lot more control with a fresh domain, but they take longer. You know, uh, from a fresh domain to a site that's replaced your income worth $100,000 or so, it might take you anywhere from 12 to 24 months. With an age domain, you could probably get that done in three to 12 months. That's how powerful it is. That's how powerful good age domains are. It's totally worth the investment that you get with their uh, that you get with the backlink profile. So learn effective use of age domains and you will not regret it. So those are my 15 things that you need that you will not regret doing when it comes to growing your affiliate marketing passive income blog to six figures and beyond. So what do you do now? Go to oneblogaway.co and do the number one thing that we talked about on this list, listening to success stories and hanging with like-minded people, getting real help. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a lot of these blogging Facebook groups and I've been in the comment sections of YouTube videos and I see people asking questions and getting bad advice, bad information. And what really hurts my soul is that I know people are reading this information, taking it and running with it. 
especially when that, con- that information is coming from people who, you know, uh, are probably no further along in your business than you are. You want to get real help. You want to get good help. And that's why I had created one blogaway.co. It's a amazing membership that tells you where you need, where you are in your business and the exact steps that you need to move on to the next while still hanging out with an international group of people who are all trying to do the same thing. So be sure to go check that out over at oneblogaway.co and I'll see you on the inside.